Welcome to the Time Out Podcast with Tony McGettigan. Because we all need a little time out from life. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're very welcome to episode number 46 of the Time Out Podcast with me, Tony McGettigan. And I'm delighted to say my guest today is a man who, has, since as far back as the early 70s, has had a Midas touch in Armagh football. A two-time All-Star winner. He won five county championships between 1971 and 1988 with Cross McGlen Rangers. And with the Orchard County, he won three Ulster titles. And that was before he moved into management, where his success continued in droves with both club and county. And, of course, in 2002, he landed the, the Holy Grail with Armagh when they won the Sam Maguire itself, beating Kerry by one point. So it gives me great honour to say, Joe Kernan, you're very welcome to the Time Out podcast. Thank you, Tony. Delighted to be honoured with you. Yeah, very happy to speak to you. Joe, um, and I would like to start off by just asking, how are you keeping? Well, great. Yeah, uh, the good bright days and, and the long days yeah, give us all a wee bit of a, uh, a good injection of life. Uh, it's good to see the summer here and we're just hoping that the football will start as soon as possible. That's right, because the sport is a big part of uh, enjoyment anyway, yeah, Joe. Thank God for the GEA last year allowing the club championship to go ahead and, and the county uh, to go ahead as well. Even though we couldn't go to the county matches, it was great every weekend sitting down and watching matches from all over the country. It kept us, kept our minds occupied and gave us a wee, uh, a wee lift. It did, and it's so important at, at this particular time, especially, Joe, because uh, sport is so uplifting. And I'll tell you what, when we just talked about your story, it's uplifting, I'll tell you in itself, because uh, you have uh, more medals. I'll t- I would say you have that many medals, Joe, you probably needed to build a shed out the back of the house, because uh, when you look back now, Joe, at everything you've achieved, and I'm going to go into detail in that uh, in, okay. in, a, in a bit, but when you look back at everything you've achieved on a whole, Joe, you must be very proud uh, yeah, proud and, and I must say it's been a part of my life from when I was a child and uh, I, I enjoyed every bit of it. Now, there was a few days along the way it wasn't enjoyable. We lost uh, a, a good few as well, but uh, the winning made up for those bad days. So, no, no, I, I, I've been very lucky, very honoured. And the fact that my whole family, I, I have five boys and they all played the game, even brought more joy. I must think that must be a huge thing to, to watch your sons coming through now and playing and uh, carrying on that level of success. But we'll talk, Joe. First of all, you were uh, you were born, but you, you, there's a connection to Dublin after you were born, Joe. Well, uh, when my mum was expecting me, uh, my, uh, they went up to Dublin and she she went into hospital for a couple of days, and I was born in Dublin, but I was only there for a couple of days. I was rushed back down the road and I've lived in Armagh ever since. So uh, a few friends in Dublin claim that I'm a dub, but no, I'm South Armagh, <laughs> born, born and bred and always will be. They're trying to claim you, Joe. Ah, well, we're a bit late now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, you're an Armagh man through and through, Joe. And when you look back, you know, at the 70s and 80s, Joe, just to start out with Cross McGlen Rangers and, you know, huge success. And just what do you think, Joe, them early days uh, when the, that um, winning in habit was being installed, what do you think were the key ingredients? Because we all know there's, you know, you've t- obviously you have talented players, but w- when you look at that level of consistency of success for Cross McGlynn, 
there must be some other key ingredients, Joe, to play a part. No, all communities or small communities like us, we have tradition. And I was brought up in, in tradition in the club that uh, the club won Armagh championships on a regular basis. And you go back to, I think it's 1968. Uh, and St. Joseph's done goal beat Cross Midland in the, one of the first Ulster finals in Casement Park. And we lost by a pint. Now, I, I wasn't playing. I was only a young lad watching it. But that's, that, that day really, really stuck to me. And I was lucky enough a few years later, very few years later, to play with the great Tom McCreesh and Paddy Patrick and all those good players in Crossman then and won Armagh Championship with them. But it's like everybody, you know, you, you, it's in the blood, it's in the family, it's in the tradition. And, 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 and uh, I was lucky enough to be able to make it and, and play with a great club. And then... Uh, when I played and won five championships, uh, we never won in Ulster. Uh, we did. We just didn't seem to uh, wanted enough or whatever. But when I took over as manager, uh, I certainly thought that there was more in us. But we hadn't won a county title in ten years, uh, and we took over. We built. We were very lucky with a bunch of a young lads that come through. The one in the Mosney games up in Butlins. Uh, and then the, I got them winning around that we won six under twenty ones in a row, uh, and after the fifth one we won the first county title back in ninety seven. We beat Clanny Yale, so that was that was where it started. And when we won the first one, then you know everything else opened up. A great bunch of lads come through. Yeah, because when you came in there, you touched Joe. When you came in to to manage Cross McGlynn, and uh, which was nineteen ninety three, they were going through a very bad spell of not having won anything and. It was uh, later on, and a few years later, as you mentioned there, you won your first uh, county championship. And when you fast forward to 2000, just to give you a level, uh, everyone knows the level of success. It's, it's When you actually see it in writing, to remember yourself, it's, 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 it's highly impressive that uh, on St. Patrick's Day 2000, when you won that All-Ireland Club, that, that was your third All-Ireland Club title in four years. Like, that's, that's, okay. seri- that's serious numbers. It was, but it... You know, it's down to the players, the, 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 the players that you have. And as I said, an awful lot of those boys come through from the under 14s or under 15s in Mosny. Uh, and right through, 11 of that team played in an All Ireland final in '97 in Crow Park. Again, uh, not more. So 11 come through. And then for the next 10 or 12 years, uh, most of that team stayed together uh, and won six All Irelands. Yes. So most of them have five or six all Ireland. So it's the longevity of, of these young men in modern football to be as dedicated for so long that was the amazing factor and totally, totally committed, uh, you know, and, and, and just improved as we went along uh, all the time. And then there was new faces coming in and now there's a whole batch of young lads has come through. My own four sons played for this last number of years and the McCombles are coming through, the O'Neills are coming through, the Morgans are coming through. So all the household names are old names in Cross Midland. We're reproducing, but we're reproducing good footballers, thank God. It's a cycle and that's something our ma have never had really shortage of, you know, dating back a long time, I'll tell you, as talented footballers. Joe. And, but when you came in in 93, for them first couple of years, Joe, you know, you there's obviously good players in Cross McGlen, but you obviously had to play a role as well, and that's the role, of course, the manager has in making these boys maybe believe that they could achieve success. 
Yeah, well, uh, it, it was tough the first few years because unless you won the county title, you know, the senior title, you, uh, you weren't treated too well, though, to be honest. So it had to be success at senior level or nothing. But the batch of young boys, as I keep saying, they come through from Mosney to the under-21s. They were just growing and growing. And when I came in at 93, they weren't ready. You know, a few more players come in, 94, 95, a few players left. And, and all of a sudden, we had a, a 11 minors or 12 minors play, or under-21s where the backbone of this team, the McCante, the McIntyre's, Francie Bellia, Oshin McConville, you know, the old senior head that team was Jim McConville. You know what I mean? So we had a very young team with a few older, older heads, which was great. There was a good mix. But uh, they didn't believe the first few years. Well, we won under-21s. The seniors was tough. Mullerban was a good side, led by Kier McGinney, the McNulty's. So they beat us in 90, was it 95? And that was a very sore one. And to make it even sorer, they went on and won another title, something we never done. So that hurt. And yeah. I'm a great believer. I'm a great believer when you're hurting from a loss that if it still hurts the following year, there's more in you. And certainly we found more in our boys. And we beat Mullerban in, in a, a fairly tough championship match. And we scored seven points or six or seven points without a replay and won by four. And I said, no, we're on our way. You know, they, they learned how to win. And they learned how to win the hard way, tough games. And uh, from then on, uh, they just kept improving. Well, winning, as you say, Joe, it's a habit that, you know, when you when you lose games, and there's no more hateful feeling in the world than when you lose a game in a close game. And as you say there, watching your opponents go on then to have great success, that uh, seemed like uh, it, was, it was a spurring moment for uh, the cross McGlen team under yourselves. Because when you look at all sports... At, a, at all people that are successful and all teams that are successful, it doesn't happen instantly. There's always that process at the beginning. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I always admire other teams, let it be rugby, let it be soccer, let it be whatever. And the Munster rugby team were a great example. Lost three Heineken Cup finals and went on and won two. Manchester United. Why did they always win matches in the last five minutes? That's right, Billy. It's, it's, one, it's one of the things that we got into our players that you can play bad for 55 minutes and win it in the last five minutes. And we won more matches with Crossman then by a point coming from behind and Arma a few years later because we believed that we were going for it. I had an old saying for the boys, you play safe, you lose. That's right. And Manchester United... Manchester United never played safe, and neither did we in Cross Midland or, or Armagh that, for that few years I was with Armagh. That we knew that if we finished strong every day, that's when games are won and lost. Because the team that plays safe and is in front, they take the foot off the pedal and they allow you to get the momentum. And then when you, when you get on top and you, can't, you start pounding teams, uh, it's certainly. They're waiting for it to happen. And when they're waiting for it, why not do it? So it works. And it has worked, and will, and will work. And, and I suppose you know you do look at teams like that. You know that, as you, as you mentioned, there United under Ferguson, so many late goals that uh, a lot of people point to the the, the moments that he'd come out in the sideline and, and touch the touch the watch. I suppose you didn't adopt that tactic yourself, Joe. No, what I, I used to put the hand up five minutes to go, a letter row, five minutes to go, and and that was enough. You know, Francie Bellier, who played centre half, Francie would break a tackle. 
draw somebody, give the ball to somebody in that last five minutes, and then you broke the lane and you were away. You know what I mean? So the players did catch into it and did believe in it. And, and then you looked at the, the Mead team. You know, I watched the teams that uh, won the three all Ireland, Donegal, Derry and Down, you know, and the way they played uh, the Mead team, uh, the great Kerry team of the 70s. And you try and pick of, of the players that you have, of, of how you can blend the things in. You know, and Charlie Nelligan or Paddy O'Shea would get the ball in full-back lane, uh, breaking down an attack. He'd hit a ball 50 yards out to the wing to Jack O'Shea. Jack O'Shea would look up and hit it 50 yards in on top of the bomber. You That's know right. How I mean? many times did, 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 uh, did uh, Mead do that? The Agnell ball in towards Colin O'Rourke or Bernard Flynn or whoever, and they get a score. Yeah, Graham the score we yeah. got The score we got in the All-Ireland final against, against Kerry... That's uh, right. Danny Terry yeah. Terry got it out in the in the full back lane. Uh, he used to hit short balls to his cornerbacks, which was his own two club mates, uh, ending Justin McNulty, and we stopped him doing that and we said, Hit it long, hit the wing, they won't be there. And he hit Aiden, uh, Barry O'Hagan. Barry O'Hagan slipped the ball to Aiden O'Rourke. Aiden O'Rourke hit a fifty yard diagonal ball to Stephen McDonald on the D and he he scored the winning point in the all Ireland final. So you gotta stick to it. You got to believe in it, and you all uh, and you all got to believe in it. And, and yes. at times we got we got out of matches and out of jail because we believed in what we were doing. Well, that that's a, a huge thing. I think in any sport, uh, Joe, is that belief to to believe. And a lot of people, I think, cross that line, and, and there's not that belief. But you certainly had it. And when you mentioned that 2002, you know, obviously after your success with Cross McGlynn, you took their man job. You're appointed manager. In, in late 2001 yeah you came in in two, 2002 you led Armagh to their to your, to your first All-Ireland and uh, as I say it couldn't have happened in a nicer way by, by beating the great Kerry side well and beating Dublin probably in the semi-final that's right the, the thing about taking over that team they were after being beaten by three All-Ireland winners in the two semi-finals and the quarter-final Galway the last year uh, so I, I, as soon as I went in, I, well, I spoke to a lot of the boys, and I was lucky there was, I had seven boys from Cross on the squad, and they were hurting big time. And I, I keep going back to the hurt. If there's not hurt, it doesn't matter how good they are, they're not going to give you anything. And when you're hurting, there's more in you, and you, and, you, and, and you know there's more in them. And if you can point them in the right direction, and you're lucky enough to win a match along the way, and we were ideally set up that year playing Tyrone in the first round of the championship. Uh, we drew the first day. That's right. Uh, after, we, after we come back from that famous... He's right in uh, Spain, honeymoon, that's right, La Manga. Uh, honey, honeymoon in La Manga, which uh, it was far from a honeymoon. It was a hard-working five days. But uh, we, we used that as well. We had a bad winter. We, 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 we missed a bit of training. But the fact that we got them away together, we knew we were going to be criticised. Uh, if we're going away on a so-called holiday, but it wasn't a holiday. It was building morale, getting the fitness better, and getting us ready for the match. And we drew the first day. Might have been a wee bit lucky in the finish. Up Peter Canavan missed a sort of a setter which he wouldn't normally miss. But we went out the second day and won. And you know, there's players in every team who come in and do something, and you don't see much of them the rest of the year. But when the year's over, you look back and you say, "He helped us win that day." And Barry Duffy who didn't play that much but was a good footballer, he came on and scored a great goal, an opportunist goal against Tyrone, 
and w- help us win that game. Yes. And, and then and then another by John Donaldson, who played for Cross Midland, played for Loud, played for Leinster. Great player. And one we were playing, uh, was it Slay, Sligo and Navin in the replay? And there was a, a boy, Murphy, wing half forward for Sligo, giving us an awful time. And I put John D on him, and John D blotted him out, scored a point, got us a free, and that was John D's only contribution that year. But he helped us win that game. So, you know, the, 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 every county can tell these stories about men. It's a squad and, game. And that's, that's what panels is all about. You know, great players who you know they're only going to get maybe one chance and, and they take it and, and they help you win on the day. And that's that's... That's what happened to us along the way. Well, to make that difference, and it's a squad game, and it really is, even even today we see it, and it's very important that everyone does play a part. And I suppose, Joe, looking back on that, you know, um, the aftermath of coming back from La Manga, I suppose, in a way, you could have you've probably used that as a fuel to inspire you, the backlash that you got. Oh, whatever it is, that was the whole idea. The countries again, us, the laughing at us. Now that we put our head on the block by what we did, you know, the boys enjoyed the trip. They, they worked so hard. There was no drink, not even management. No, we hadn't even a glass of wine. We made sure that we did everything right so that when they come home, there was no excuses. So our heads was on the block and we either we performed or we were gone and we would take criticism with it. So we were lucky that we did enough on the day to win and and we improved as we uh, along the way. And it was, we simple things... Uh, I can't think of his name now. Uh, uh, we, we took in a goal checker, a specialist in, in taking frees, and he actually was helping. He helped Johnny Wilkinson. His name will come to me before yes. I finish here. And we took him out to La Manga from England, and he met up, and he set up taking free kicks. And the funny thing was, all the boys who took free kicks, Paddy McKeever and Stephen McDonald, their free kicking improved. And the man that got worse was Ashin McConville. <laughs> and I, I remember saying to Ashin, I remember saying to Ashin that night, don't you worry about uh, what he says. You just keep doing what you do. And, and of course, Ashin proved himself time after time. That's right. But it, it gave a team a lift to have somebody new in like that that was going to do it. So one of the things I loved doing was talking to other managers, taking other managers in. You know, uh, I, I had Sean Bylan in, and, and Sean Bylan was unbelievable. Uh, the, the, the story about Sean, I took him up the cross one night and he says, what do you want me to do? Say, like, do whatever you want to do. It was a November wet, dirty night and when the boys see Sean buying the shoe, they were 10 foot tall. So he says, I'll play a bit of football. Say, right, walk away. So the boys played under Sean for about 20 minutes and they knocked the pan out of each other. I mean, there was men going for boards as if it was the last one. They wanted to impress Sean Biden. But one of our players took a bit of a knock and he let a roar out of him. Cattle Short, a good player, good forward he had. And sure, we all run over to see her. I didn't know how bad it was, but Sean went over and looked at him and he says, he's dead on, Joe. Uh, and he says, give me a lift. So I lifted his shoulders, he lifted his legs and we put him sitting beside the goalpost at the top goals. And Sean says, come with me, boys. And he took everybody else down to the bottom goals. And when I'm going down the field, I'm thinking, what happens if he's bad here? What do we do? Or, you know, but we go down to the bottom of the field and Sean says, here, boys. That lad's okay. He'll be fine. It's just bruising. He'll be okay. But if he is injured, he's no good here. He's gone. Yes. Get a sub on and get on with the game. Yes. Three, mon- three months later, we played in the all Ireland Club final against Nafana. Jim McConville was running riot. Scored three points in the first 20 minutes and turned and broke his ankle. Yes. Carried Jim off. 
we scored four points without replay the last seven or eight minutes. The fan had never scored. We got on with the game. We learned so much that night from an incident that could have cost us. That's huge too. That's huge. Like when you, when ah. you yeah, when you consider it, moments like that can turn games too, Joe. Correct. Whereas they thought we were gone, that we lost our best forward and we're going to struggle, except we got on with the, we got on with the so, game. So yeah. we think the guy could pick up along the way from different managers. Another one was Mick O'Dwyer. Mick O'Dwyer was a great one. I asked Mick one time, say, what do you, what way do you want your players to their matches? He says, Joe, have them fresh. He says, ease back the week of the match, 10 days. Ease back on everything. The training, the amount of time you play a couple, so they're not going home tired. You know, you play a match on a Wednesday night and the boys are mad to play and play on. You play a half hour and then they want to play another 10 minutes. I used to cut it short. And I know, no, I want more. And then they go home, they weren't tired, they didn't feel injured, they woke up, they were fresh, and, and they were, they were ch- champing at the bit. And that's come from Mako. So I enjoyed taking people in because I learned so much, but I loved watching my players' reaction to these people who'd won everything. And that, it worked both ways. Well, it speaks a lot about yourself too, Joe, to be honest with you, that you were, you know, uh, man enough, I suppose, to, to accept somebody else and, and appreciate that they could add something to the team because that's that's something that's... Speak volumes of yourself as well. Oh, well, I enjoy, well, uh, I enjoyed the company, but I, I I enjoyed listening to them, and I knew I I knew it was having an effect because the old story you can say say the same thing for too long, and 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 it wears off. But taking these other people in was great. I had Martin McHugh in, and Martin was great. I, I had Tommy Dowd in. Who else we had? We took in a load of them over over the years, and for club and county. And it's, and Colin O'Rourke we we in as well. So we had great people coming in who 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 were winners, and that was the most important thing. Yeah. I remember after the ninety the two thousand All Ireland Club final, we beat Nafina, and we were upstairs and we were in great form. We played very well. We, we the year before we won and we were desperate. We should have been beaten uh, by Ballina. They outplayed us all over the pitch, and John McIntyre scored a point at the end to win the match. And I remember feeling let down and disappointed that we, we didn't play well. But we come back and played our best football, I'd say, in, in the four or five years against Nafina. And I, I remember talking to Geezer upstairs, and he said, Joe, uh, you know, how, how do you always, you know, go to compact, come to compact and, and win? He said, because we believe we're going to win. Yes. We're not afraid of compact. And, and all my people used to have a fear of compact, and they said there was a hoodoo. You know, you just take the handcuffs off and you, and you go for it. You play safe, you lose. The old saying, and, and we 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 never played safe. Well, that's, yeah. that's something definitely that can be said when you look at Armas. They say that bad record in Crow Park, but when when you until you came in, Joe, and that all changed dramatically. And there's a um, there's a moment at the half time. Is that a true story, Joe? That uh, against Kerry about your the medal that you that you you can uh, you, you you produced. Well, in the semi-final, uh, I produced my own Armagh jersey that I wore in the All-Ireland final. You see, when you're in a dressing room at half-time and things, there could be fear in the dressing room, there could be a wee bit of doubt. You've got to try and take the players' minds off it. So I come up a day there in the semi-final that I'd take out and show them my All-Ireland final jersey that I won, uh, played on, uh, wore and played in, in an All-Ireland final in 77. Yes. And I said, you know, I told them, you know, this is something I hold very dear. And I want every one of you to have one of these. You know what I mean? So 
it's just to try and take their mind off it. And in the final then, we said we'd try something different. And, and, and one of my right-hand man, a great man, Eamon Michael, uh, he, uh, he actually bought an all Ireland medal in an auction. or uh, There was one uh, being put out for auction. And I said, can I have that for half-time? And I took a plaque that I had for losing the all Ireland final. It was a wee bit of uh, timber. It was an awful thing to give anybody. But I kept it, and the wee bit of silver on the front of it fell off over the years. So there was a, a bit of a dark spot in the centre, but it was only wood. Yes. And I, every time I look, every time I looked at it, I hated it. Disappointment. I kept it. Yes. Yeah. Ha- heartbreak. So I kept it. I never thought I'd keep it for a reason to show it to anybody else, but I showed the boys at half time what I had and what I what hurt me every time I looked at it. So I don't want you to have this. I want and I, I hopped it up the shower, the, the the wall into the shower and it broke in a couple of pieces. <laughs> uh, but I showed them the medal. I showed them the medal. And I said, I want every one of you to have this. And I walked around the desk and showed it into their faces. And I said, boys, now the choice is yours. Now, sorry, when you go into a dressing room, you try and sort out the problems first. So this was just at the end for a couple of minutes. It either helped relax them or refocus them on wh- why they were here. Yes. Why they were here. And they went out and, and, and they played unbelievable uh, the second half. Yeah, and I was... Well, like, Last 12 minutes, no score. Yes, it was right. almost 12 minutes in my life. You know, and, and for nobody to score, it showed the intensity of the game. And there again, I talked about Barry Duffy, John Donaldson, Tony McIntyre come on. Tony was playing the first round of the championship, broke his ankle and didn't appear since. And there we took him on with 10, 15 minutes to go. He touched the ball six times. His toe, his hand, and he passed it to an arm man every time. Yes. The difference in that last 12 minutes to have somebody with that composure, that ability to make the right decisions at the right time. So, you know, all those wee things help. So we got there in the end anyway. Well, Kerry, Kerry, in that first half, of course, uh, they had, you know, they looked very good, Kerry, in that first half. But as I say, everything changed in the second half and you made them changes. And I'll tell you what, there were changes that, that led Armagh to the, to the promised land of, of, of winning the... The, the Sam Maguire, and of, of course, then if you had the dis- dis- disappointment the following year, Joe, but uh, against Tyrone, but you were very close to retaining your, your All Ireland. Yeah, I told after we won, you know, and the celebrations died down, we told the boys, you know, good teams win one, but great teams win two. And uh, the first round of the championship against Monaghan in, in, in Tyrone, we, 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 we were missing two or three through injury uh, and one through suspension. Uh, but we didn't play well and Monaghan deservedly beat us. And I remember that day when the game was over, we were all feeling very sorry for ourselves. And we normally drive the bus out the side street out of Clonus into Monaghan. And I told the bus driver to drive the bus up through the middle of Clonus. Yes. Well, it took a, it took a long time to get out of Clonus. And every Monaghan person kicked the bus through there in the bus, jeered us, laughed at us. And... That sunk in. So by the time we got to Monaghan, uh, the hurt was gone and the vengeance was back. I see. That's uh, a great tactic itself, Joe. I'll tell you, I like these wee ploys that you were throwing in, I'll tell you. You know, mastermind. Oh, well, there, there, was, there was nobody hurting more than me sitting on the front of the bus. Was I, I'd seen every <laughs> one of them. And, and to make it worse, I knew most of them. Uh, so, no, but it's just there again. What do you do? Do you feel sorry or do you get on with it? Or, but those boys, those boys corrected themselves, got their minds focused. They were well led by Geezer McGrain, the McIntyre's. You know, the Oshie McCombles just wanted to go out and 
played the next day. You know, all these boys. So we were lucky with the great players that we had and, and, and how dedicated they were. And wait a second, you know, they felt victory and, and, and we went on the tour of the country. Uh, but we, we we got to the final, but unfortunately we didn't. We didn't play uh, as well as we should have. In fact, they had their own, uh, you know, to beat us on the day, but... Yes, I, I, I always, I always felt we left, we, we left something that day behind us. Yes, and it's, it's small margins too, Joe. When you consider it, a kick of a ball in it, and uh, you know the, that last minute, uh, of course, the block on Steve McDonald, uh, Steve McDonald's and in goal, and things, things like that that make that slight bit of change. But you know that thing what you're talking about, Clonus there, obviously had a had a desired effect in the coming years, Joe. Because he's went on, he's become the first Armagh side to win the last National League title in 2005, the first ever. And then in 2006, you had another uh, special milestone because you were the first team uh, since down in 59-61, to 61, the first Ulster team to win three in a row. Yeah, yeah. And, and two of those were played in Crow Park, which was uh, unbelievable. Yes. Uh, I know there's only 80,000 people at those matches, which were unbelievable and Ourself and Tyrone, there was so much closeness between both of us over those years. Like every game, it went down to the last few minutes. And, you know, to be a part of them was nerve wracking, but also unbelievable. You know, even the supporters, they tell you, they near died a thousand deaths every match watching our man Tyrone play. The intensity, the toughness, the honesty, everything that was in those matches, you know, it's what the whole thing is all about. Well, rivals but, in every sense, yeah. Yeah. yeah, every time in history in the GEA, you had Kerry and Cork, you had Kerry and Dublin, you had Dublin and Mayo there lately, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and it was us in Tyrone for another while, you know what I mean? So that's what the GEA is all about. It brings up these games and these years where you see teams that just go at it and, and, and seem to be always meeting each other for a few years. It doesn't last forever, but my God, when, when you're part of it and, and, and when it's when it's happening, it's intense stuff, and it touches the imagination of the whole country. Oh, definitely so. Great, great memories there, Joe. And when you look back, especially, you know, I remember actually talking to Stephen McDonald about this in two thousand and six. I was in Crow Park when uh, you beat uh, ourselves, Donegal, and uh, I was saying, uh-huh. I was saying to Stephen, that was actually the same day as the World Cup final was going on. Where you going? At uh, France, that was the one where Sedan uh, was sent off for that headbutt on the Italian. Uh huh. And yeah, uh, Fabio yeah. Cannavaro and them, of course, went on to win the World Cup with, with Italy. But no, great, great memories. But you always had a, you, you always had the edge in Donegal, uh, Joe. And I suppose that that's gained from momentum. Uh, there were always close games. I can remember the Dulster final, you know, in, back in two thousand and two, and that. And there were always a, a kick of a ball between the teams. But over them years, you can kind of gain momentum of beating Donegal, and I suppose that led into the next game. You, you had the the Indian sign, as I say. Well, you know, nothing lasts forever, and especially if you don't go out and work and fight for everything that you got. And but we had we had a crowd of warriors who, who, who become really, really good at, at at grinding out results. And the tighter the matches, the more comfortable we actually felt at times that we knew that that, that we could grind out a result. And I, I go back to Manchester United, I go back to Munster, I go back to these teams that that do it. You know, what I mean. We're not asking somebody to do something that can't be done. But unless you do it together and you believe together, it won't happen. And it just takes one match to ignite that fire and get you up and running. And, you know, it happened for us. And then, it, 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 you know, when we started losing, 
you, you can say looking back and it well maybe we lost that wee thing that wee thing that made the difference and all it takes is one or two people not to be as committed or whatever you know but it, it's impossible to keep Everton going forever and and you know somebody said to me you should have won more and John McIntyre is a very level-headed fella you know he says maybe sometimes we should stop thinking what we should have and be Thanks for what we have. Well, I think that's very true in, in, in every walk of life, Joe. We're all doing that. Yeah. I think it's in us as, as human beings. I think nearly to to reflect on, it's like Bullseye, that uh, show that Jim Bowen used to host, look what you could have won, but at, look at look at what you actually possess in medals. As I say, you could have a shed out the back of the house and uh, with me, uh, full of medals, and, and all the players, the great players have played for Armagh down through the years, uh, a great squad, and... You can definitely be very proud of, of what you achieved. And it's very interesting, I found, how you used the template, Joe. You were talking there uh, about, you know, the template, even of the likes of opposed teams that were winning in the 90s, th- those inter-county sides, you know, like Galway and Mead and that. And you were looking at these kind of templates and trying to take wee bits from this and add them into the Armagh game. Yeah. Uh, kicking the ball was one of the, one of the most positive things that we did in Cross Midland and still do and that's one thing I love about my club at the moment just 20 something years we, we've we been a kicking team like we can throw it and we can short pass it if we want it but briefly we look out we get it we look up and we hit a space and that was the same with Cross but that was through me through the great Kerry team and it suited our team that we were able to good kickers of the ball and good winners of the ball good catchers and good I remember fielders. Stephen McDonald. Stephen McDonald, who was probably one of the best poachers I've ever seen in the game. But Stevie was scoring goals. And I heard a, I heard a wee rumour that some of his brothers was maybe putting a few pounds on him uh, 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 to score a goal. Uh, and Stevie used to run in behind. but uh, And then he wasn't winning enough ball because he wasn't showing for it. So one night in training, we, we, we closed down the pitch to play inside the 50 across the pitch. So it meant we had 30 players on top of each other. Yes. But it was about catching the ball. And when the, I, I never said what I wanted, but I, I sort of put Stevie under a bit of pressure. Stevie McDonald was the best catcher of a ball in that situation. And from then on, Stevie stopped hiding behind the man, looking for the handy ball, and went out and won. For a wee skinny light fella, he had the best, he had a pair of vice grips in his hands. Yeah, and that's and vital too. From that day on, Stevie McDonald showed and caught the ball and he done it for years unbelievable I'll tell you what what a what a player uh, you know that oh. I, can, I, can, I can remember that you know the, a sharpshooter if ever there was one in terms of in front of well, the and uh, yeah. I'll tell you what I would have loved I would have loved to have seen that uh, that scenario Joe I would have paid to see that myself all them players inside that short uh, distance yeah, it meant Francie didn't have to run too far to get a good <laughs> rap <rapid public. laughs> It was all an It was like the Royal Rumble, I can imagine, there, because it was like... Correct, uh, but correct. Great, great, it yeah, worked. Yeah, there was, there was a plan in, in, in behind it all. And Of course, then, when you when you talk about the, the medal, Joe, that you brought out against our, um, to, to the dressing room, it was, uh, it was alluding to, of course, back going slightly back a bit now, a couple of decades, Joe, your All Ireland final appearance. Of course, you won three Ulster titles, but you did appear in the All Ireland final in '77 uh, against Dublin. You scored two goals. Uh, it was a very good Dublin side at that time. The beat Kerry in '76, and when they beat you, to seal two in a row. How do you reflect on that final, Joe? And what do you think went wrong from a team point of view? Well, one, we were bet- 
we're a bit, we, we, we come out of nowhere. We actually come out of nowhere and, and we're 10 points down against Cavan in the first round of the championship in Armagh and won't be a point. So we come out of nowhere and we got to an all and final after a replay with Roscommon, which maybe a wee bit of luck along the way. Uh, but we, 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 we come up against a Kevin Heffernan team that was tough, hard seasons, great players, a, 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 a mixture of youth and a, a experience with Keaveney and a young Brian Mullins and you know, uh, Tony Hanna, who's right. great players, the dock all over the field, but tough men. And they were after giving an exhibition against Kerry in the semi final and won a great game. So we were under no illusions what we were facing. But, you know, sometimes you need a wee bit of luck on the day. And I'll never forget, while we were, I think we were, we were nine points down at half time, you know, after, after withstanding a fair barrage from Dublin. And after half time, we won a ball. Sean Devlin took a shot hit the foot of the post, which would have made it six points. Yes. And they went down the field and scored a goal immediately, which made it 12 points. Game, game over. Well, the game was over. But then, you know, whether they backed off or what, and we scored the, uh, the two goals and we missed the penalty. But we were beaten by a better side on the day. But did we learn anything? Yeah, we did. Yeah, That's we right. It's like that hard thing. It's like it comes back to that hard thing, Joe. Again, you know, that, that game and, you know, it was a, a disappointing result for you in All-Ireland final against Dublin. But as you say, that Dublin side were, were uh, the, the, it was two in a row that they won that time. That was before, of course, the, the Kerry side came along then. That, uh, but no, yeah. great, it's still a great achievement. And of course, winning three Ulster titles. And uh, you can be very proud of what all you've achieved, Joe, because uh, as a manager and player, it's, it's quite, I'll tell you what, I would need a, I would need a, a large sketch pad or, I would add a large notepad, sorry, to, to write well, down. Well, Tony, I, I can tell you, I played in six Ulster finals. So I won three and I lost three. Yes. <laughs> so yes. Uh, I, I remember the ones. I remember telling Plunkett Donaghy, they beat us in an Ulster final in, um, was it 83 or 84? Uh, and they beat us. And I remember I was travelling for a drink company at the time and I was in the Mai the following day, unfortunately, walking. And I went in and there was Plunkett and all the boys celebrating. So I went in and had a crack with them. And I says, Plunkett, you know, this doesn't last forever. Oh, he says, no, we'll, we'll win a lot. Plunkett Donaghy finished like myself with three Ulster medals. Yes. And we, we, we laughed and talked about it. And Plunkett played for a long time and a great player. So, you know what I mean? Be thankful, as John McIntyre said, for what you have and not what you thought you should have. That's right. Great, great memories and, you know, great times that you had as a player and a manager, Joe. And just to, t- to touch, Joe... Uh, going on, moving on from uh, your football uh, as a manager and player, your your work, the work that you're involved with, can you just tell us a wee bit about that? Well, years ago I was a sales rep uh, for many a year and then I, I felt I needed to work for myself. So I set up an insurance business here in the <clears throat> mid-80s and then I set up the estate agency. So uh, my son Stephen took over the insurance business and the mortgage business Aaron took over the estate agency, and my youngest son, me and him, set up a software company. Uh, we have a, a, an office. We had an office in Dundalk and Newry, and also in India. And a lot of the staff come from India, but the genius is out there, and it makes it more affordable. Uh, so, we, one of our, our our clients would be the likes of Bile Sports. There, we do a lot for them and uh, start sports and. We deal with a few multinational companies, so we've come a long way. I never thought I'd be dealing in software, but my knowledge wouldn't be the best. It's my youngest son, Ross. He's the he's the brains behind the whole lot, and and, and he runs it. So that's what I'm that's what I'm doing at the moment, helping him 
uh, open new accounts, etc. So part-time, part-time retired, I'm still doing a wee bit, well, but fair, enjoying it. I'm well, glad I'm busy. Well, fair play to you, Joe, because, you know, it definitely seems like there's a wild togetherness there with your family, too, when you mentioned them, they're, they're all involved. I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky. I have five sons, uh, four of them living within two miles of me, and we have 12 grandchildren. And my fifth son, Paul, uh, he got injured against St. Gauls in the Ulster Club in Caseman about eight years ago and dislocated his shoulder. And he dislocated it three more times and he had an operation. And he said that he couldn't stay at home and watch the boys play. And so we went to Australia for a year. But yes. I knew where that was heading. I knew where that was heading and he's still in Australia. So to have a son there, they live in Melbourne. And I, I was out, we were out last, not last Christmas, the Christmas before. We went out for a month and stayed with him and his girlfriend, and uh, no, he, he, he's there for good, so we, we hope to get out again. I had him helping me when when we were out in the international rules, when I was manager of the international rules. That's right. He did me runner, he did me runner in Australia, and it was, it was great to have him there, so uh, no, no, it, it, it's, it, it's sad that he's not here on certain days, but uh, that's his life out there, and we, we shan't, but the other four boys here, it's great having the family beside us, and we're blessed. It is, and I suppose with the son in Australia, too, Joe. Which, as long as he's happy, I suppose that's the the, the number one thing. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm glad that you're you're you seem like a very close knit family. And uh, just to talk about your chill out time, Joe. I was talking to you before we started the interview. You're you're into your golf, and uh, the, the Masters is ongoing at the minute. The the, the greatest golf tournament uh, of them all at uh, Augusta National, and uh, you, you do come up to Donegal the odd time for a bit of golf. Yeah, part of McShane, we were supposed to go up myself and Nudie Hughes and Ollie Brady from Cavan. Uh, we run a, a, an Ulster GEA charity golf, uh, and we were supposed to, we, we had it in, in Conqueror Wood, my own club there last year, and we were supposed to go to uh, Donegal in um, September last year, but it was put off. So hopefully, if things go according to plan, we might get up to Donegal. So every county in Ulster takes part, and the money goes to charity. So, uh, but me, myself and Bernard Flynn uh, organised one year ago, GEA Legends, and four players from every county. You had to play for your county, and all the money went to charity. And, and, and uh, uh, we raised two hundred and fifty thousand in four years, and we had the time of our life. That's 30 Irish, thirty Irish counties came out to Spain to play golf. We had a ball, but we, we done uh, raised a lot of money for charity as well. So yeah, uh, the golf's great. It, 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 it's sort of like purple, all the boys quit and, and the hoarders, and and we had a ball uh, uh, together out there, and we raised a lot of money. So I love I, I love playing and I love meeting people and there's some great courses around there and I still have a lot to play yet so I better get back out well that's great sport isn't it golf because yeah it is indeed I think uh, you know it was Arnold Palmer one of them that said you know it's a simple game but endlessly complicated as well you know he was, he was speaking and I'll tell you one man I think of when I think of that is, uh, at the minute is Rory McIlroy because uh, such a such a talented golfer, you know, natural talent, and yeah. I think maybe he's overcomplicating things. I don't know, but it was easy for me to to, to comment on it. But he doesn't he doesn't seem like he's doing himself a a, a proper credit at the minute. You know, he, he's better when he's showing. He's a genius when he's playing, but there's just something not right at the moment, and hopefully he'll he'll get it sorted. And and he is used on his age. He's not that old yet. He has plenty of time. But uh, there was another great wee golfer, uh, the wee South African. I can't think of his name now. And it, it's a bit, it, it epitomizes what sports all about. Uh, and he used to be brilliant out of the bunkers. Yes. And some of the boys, some of the commentators told him, you're, you're very lucky with those bunker shots. You know, he says, the more I practice, the luckier I get. <laughs> it wasn't luck at all, basically. 
<laughs> not a bit. Not he a bit. Was, he was maintaining, but, but now... Uh, I the, think it was Ian. Gary Player. Oh, yeah, that's going back. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's going back a good few decades. Yeah, but no, uh, yeah. definitely. And McIlroy is, is amazing, you know, despite his struggles at the minute. Look at what he's achieved in golf. A lot of people would, uh, he's achieved a, an, an incredible career, but uh, yeah. so far, looking on to you, I suppose, just before we finish up the interview, Joe, uh, your, your family time and you have a, a lot of grandkids that keep you busy too. Yeah, we have 12 grandkids and there's another one on the way, so uh, it's fantastic. And the fact that they're all, well, nearly all so local here is great that we have, we have time. And coming out of the lockdown to a certain extent, it was very hard last year not being able to to go out and see them. And sort of it was it was more drive-wise and shouting out at them and waving at them, which was heartbreaking for them and for us. So, no, no, we, we look forward to a good summer and, and, and better times ahead. For every family in the country. That's true, Joe. That's all we can do is, is you know, there's a, there's definitely light at the end of the tunnel, and I hope that you know, definitely the momentum continues in that that front. And the final question I'm going to ask you, Joe, the Armagh of the future, the were at, at the minute, the, the Armagh situation. What can you foresee happening? Obviously, you'd love to foresee things uh, turning back to the way they used to be, but there there is a talented, there are talented players in Armagh. Back to Division One football, of course, as well. Yeah, and it's just unfortunate that there isn't a full league season this year to to give them the feel for that and give them a better preparation for the championship. But one thing we lacked over the last few years was was scoring forwards, uh, men that could score four or five points a match. Like the great thing that I I was lucky enough to have was you know the, we we had five or of the six forwards could score and the midfielders could score and a couple of wing half backs could score. But our man now have six scoring forwards, which is, is, is vitally important that you're not dependent on one person. And I think that if we could just get the ball up quicker and, and, and we, we hold our positions a wee bit better and, and leave, it, leave at least three or four men up the field, we will cause problems. They're big, they're mobile, they can score, you know, they, they can take men on. And, you know, scores wins matches at the end of the day. And if you get the ball up to them, you never know. So I'd be keeping my fingers crossed that this could be the year that they'd ignite and maybe win in Ulster or uh, give it a real lash this year. Well, yeah, coming in too from, of course, playing Division 1 football is going to be a big boost as well. And, uh, of course, that thing that you're coming back to there again, that, that common denominator of, of Horton this, this last number of years, that could also be a thing that spurs the Sarmat team on to the next level. Yeah, you know... It, a few days over this last few years, they'd probably tell themselves if they were honest, if they were sitting in a room on their own talking to somebody, they'd probably say that they didn't do enough on certain days. So, I just if we take the handcuffs off and let them, boys, let's go for it. Def- let's go for it. Don't don't play it safe. Yeah, that's all you. That's what you do, and that's definitely don't play safe. Is go helter skelter is in the, the DNA of of our man in the past. And uh, Joe, I'd like to finish off the interview by. By saying I'd like to thank you for your time and um, it's been uh, a great honour for me being a big uh, GA fan and sports fan. It's been a big honour for me to, to have a chat with you over the last hour and to listen to your stories and I would like to congratulate you on all you have achieved uh, as, a, as, a, as a manager and as a player. Thank you very much Tony. I, I enjoyed the conversation. Good day in memory lane. Yeah, and I, I tell you what, it is a fine memory lane uh, Joe, when you, when you look at it and uh, as I say you can be very proud of what you've achieved and uh, all the, the teams that you were a part of uh, as well, the various teams as, as a player. But uh, it's definitely been a great uh, having you on the podcast and uh, thanks a million for your time.
Cheers, Tony. Nice speaking to you. Thank you very much, Joe. Well, folks, that rounds up episode number 46 of the Time Out podcast with Mr. Joe Kernan. And I'll tell you what, that was just uh, a highly enjoyable interview listening to Joe there talking about all the, the, the key ingredients of the success and all the different managers that he learned from down to the years as well as implementing his own ideas as well. And uh, highly successful. Well, I hope that you did enjoy that interview and I hope that you will stay on the lookout for episode number 47, which will be coming in the next number of weeks. But uh, until then, uh, from me, Tony McGettigan, until you, until next time, it's goodbye. For more on the Time Out Podcast, visit thetimeoutpodcast.ie. Thanks for listening.